Welcome to the Avenue Community Church's podcast. We are a family of Christ followers seeking shalom in Memphis. We pray that you are encouraged by today's message. And as you listen, may the word of God shape you to be more like him. We're going to read Exodus 20 and 8 together. It's really small. And ready, read. And we got one more time. All right, you may be seated. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, listen, on the Sabbath day, we are intense. This is coming from the first giving of the law, right? This on the tablets now, and, and this is being given to the people. And this commandment, the fourth commandment, was given, says, hey, man, remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. It's a day that we are commanded by God, our creator and redeemer, to intentionally set it apart. To pause, everybody say pause. And to put him first. So three primary things. When we talk about the Sabbath, it's a day we are commanded to pause, right? It's a, we, we set it apart. We make it distinct from the other seven days of the week. And we intentionally put him first by resting and worshiping um, in him. And as we reflect on uh, the Sabbath, uh, we're going to really look at just a couple things. We're going to look at essentially... Um, its impact and its purpose in redemptive history. We're going to look at and celebrate what it's provided for this church in these four years by honoring that commandment. And then we're going to look at what the Sabbath day ultimately points to. So first, let's just remember what it's been since the beginning, right? What I read for you was actually from um, the giving of the law, which happened generations after really the Sabbath day principle was established. We know in Genesis 2 uh, when God created the creeping things and man and all the things and all the, all the things, right? He created all of them and then on the seventh day, what did he do? So actually the Sabbath day principle predated the giving of the law. It was already an institution. So one of the things that we do on the Sabbath day is we follow the ordinance to pause and remember the one who created it all. The one who created it all. Six days he worked it. Seven days he rested and paused and he enjoyed And so one of the first things we do is we remember the creator. We remember the sustainer on the Sabbath day. Also, we remember our redemption. At a latter giving of the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy uh, 5 and 15, he says, hey, remember, he repeats the commandment. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. And he says, rest from your labor. And then he adds a verse. He says, because you remember you were once slaves in Egypt. And so every 52 Sundays of the year, if there ain't another day of the year, at least 52 times, we come and we remember the creator and the sustainer, and then we remember that we was once bound in sin. We come back together, just like Brian said, we remember that we was addicted with all types of addictions, me-ism, self-ism, alcoholism, whatever-ism, you want to name it. There used to be some shirts that I used to love. They used to say X something, whatever the thing that was that had you bound. I want to know if there's some people in this room who've been delivered. When we come and we gather on the Lord's day, it's a bold proclamation. The things that used to have me bound don't have me bound anymore. We've been delivered from Egypt. 
And what do we actually do on the Sabbath? Well, the Sabbath was actually required by law where you kind of pause from doing your working. You pause from regular activity, right? The ordinary work carrying loads and logs and waters, and you couldn't go to market and get the new Moses twos. You couldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the, oh, the Moses twos with the great undertone? Yeah, man, get them. You couldn't do that, right? You just kind of paused, right? And what did those things represent? When we paused from ordinary work and commerce back in that society, it was the cessation of the, the need to feel like you need to hustle to be protect, uh, productive and to sustain oneself, right? And you paused and you stopped and you pondered for a minute that, hey, as a matter of fact, I'm not really the one sustaining myself at all. Some of you workaholics, you need to get the Sabbath principle. Like, are you really the one who's holding your world together? No. And so we pause and we remember that it's God who's sustaining this thing and it's God who is ultimately in control. As Rich Melodis says, he says that actually the Sabbath day moves us from a production mode to the presence mode. Just the idea of being with God. Anybody want to be with God? Do you know that that's a part of Christianity? It's not just learning things. It's not just working and loving people. It's actually desiring the one who saved you and created you. I want to be with him and I want to be with his people. You know, there were actually really harsh punishments for actually disobeying Sabbath law and commandments. Sometimes even punishable by death. Why is it that important? Turn to your neighbor and say, is it really that serious? Do we really got to come to church all the time? You got to put your Shanene voice on. Really all the time? You know, yes, it was that serious. Why? Because the Sabbath principle, it was a distinct character and a symbol of the unique relationship that God had with his covenant people. Guess who were the only people on the face of the earth honoring the Sabbath? Only his people. So you know how we come here and you know what? Before communion, I always say, hey man, first things first. If there's anybody in here who doesn't believe they're a sinner in need of a savior, don't take the wafer. If there's anybody in here who does not believe that only through Jesus and his blood has he paid the price for your sins, past, present, and future, if you don't believe that, you can't take that communion, bro, because that's only for his people. I want to tell you, that grace is super free, and it's flowing in abundance from Calvary's mountain. But if you don't believe in what it says it can accomplish, you won't have no part up here. Oh, but if you do, come and take as much as you want. Because it's a line of demarcation. This is where we draw the line. Do you realize that the Sabbath day, what you do every Sunday, what you do for him and when you gather with his people, that's also an indicator you are his. Nobody else does that, y'all. It's also a line of demarcation. And that's why it was so serious then. And that's why I think we should rediscover it serious now. It is the first of two kind of positive commands, but it's a command no less. It actually brings to mind the same kind of verbiage, actually, um, this earlier during the plagues when Jesus was like, hey man, God was like, hey, I want your firstborn. Give me your firstborn. Those belong to me, right? The idea was like, hey man, I have 
generously and providentially provided you all your children, but I want the first one of them children dedicated to my service. Seems reasonable, right? We play this game with our children. And y'all, um, <laughs> it's kind of like the little waiting game that's been going viral where they sit the little gummy bears in front of the kids and they say, hey, now don't you touch these gummy bears until mommy comes back. And they're like, you run away, you come back, and they got all them stuff. They said, what happened to the gummy bears? They falling all out their mouth and stuff like that. But we used to do similar things, just kind of teaching our children. But your hearts, they're just so deceptive, and they don't really understand what's best for them, right? So literally, we could be going to the mall, we can go to the fair, and look, I got $50 in my pocket, and little Johnny, you know, Dad, let me get, can I ride this ride? And this ride, you know, inflation didn't hit all the little, you know what I'm saying? It used to be you could ride all day for $2, Chris. What, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Now, shoot, we up there, right? But anyway, you know, you could sit there with your kid, and you could literally, you got $50 in your pocket, and you can count out $49.50, and they're going to be mad that you didn't get them the last 50 cents. I gave you your breath, the use of your limbs. You don't even know how you wake up in the morning. It's a miracle that you get from point A to point B. All I ask is one day. Just one day. The Sabbath is a priority thing. It's a priority thing. It's a bold declaration that we are his, he's our creator, he's our redeemer, and guess what? I give God the glory every day, all, all for his glory. Okay, amen, sister. Amen, brother. I know you live on the mountaintop every day of the week. But for some of us, we need the Sabbath. We need the break in the routine. We need to not pack school lunches. We need to not be thinking about our next homework assignment. And we just need to have one day where the only thing we think about in the morning is just enjoying God. Just one, y'all. Everybody say just one. And Sabbath observance is continued in the New Testament. So it didn't end in the Old Testament. Y'all know that's y'all favorite thing. Y'all didn't turn Sabbath into a law. It's a law and you know Jesus freed us from the law. Okay. Okay. For all you grace Christians, the Sabbath always continued in the New Testament. And we know early in the early church, we can even tell in many of the writings, Revelation, the first chapter, that the Sabbath day, which traditionally was usually on a Sabbath, they kind of moved into the, the Sunday morning routine, right? The beginning of the week, the first day of the week we give to God and we honor. And that just kind of became church tradition. But the principle remains the same. We take one day out of the seven, we put him first, and guess what happens? We get rested and refreshed. In Exodus 31:17. God actually says, as they reinterpreted the Sabbath, that six days he created the world, and then on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. You know that that's what God wants for you in this space? It's to, be, to get rest and be refreshed in his presence. And we have severely overcomplicated Sabbath observance. And so it's become about a whole lot of things. It's become about legalism and relationships. It's, there's a whole Twitter feed about whether or not you could throw a football on Sunday or whether or not you could play, you know, Uno because is that really resting or, working? you know, it's a whole thing. We've overcomplicated the whole daggum thing. But the idea is about him first, setting it apart. But what comes as a byproduct of putting him first? It's rest and refreshment. 
this time and this space for me in these past four years has really been a respite from the brokenness of this world, from striving, from the cares of this world. And on the contrary, it's always been a place where I could come and I could receive strength and I could receive peace and I could receive hope through the scriptures as they've been unpacked for me. Once again, our Sabbath principle is a bold declaration of our priorities and our hope. And we asked Julia and Manny and Brian and the Jeffers to come up. That was just, maybe it was just for me. It was just for me. Just to know that what the Sabbath was designed to do and intended to do, it's still doing. God's still healing his people. He's still restoring his people. He's still making ways out of no way. Maybe you were just up there just to remind me of that. I've been blessed in the summer months of the, the pool owners of the avenue. I, I want to just pray some more pool anointings over y'all in Jesus' name. Even, even my, my favorite honorary member, the Warrens back there, this is my favorite honorary members providing the pools. When I come over and I just swim Papa Warren, Mama Warren's house a bunch. When you get over there and you're going to get the same speech every time, man, I built this for the people so y'all could enjoy it. Man, I, I'm, I, I'm good, man. Do you realize, core fam, pre-2017s, pre-2018s, look at what we have prayed and asked God to do. And look at the healing, look at the, the peace, look at the community, look at the endurance, look at the faith that is produced because you dare to be faithful, to believe that, hey, we don't just need community work, we need a place where people can come on the Lord's day and be refreshed and restored in His presence. Don't lose sight of that. God is still faithful, He's still at work. And no, Sabbath is not very efficient. There's some quote by some guy, somebody said, being a religious man is not very efficient. What you going to do for three and, three and a half, four hours on a Sunday morning? Yeah, I'm just going to Sunday school, I'm going to worship, and I go eat with the people who I just... Is that, you know, and, and, and if you are on that horse, and all you could think about is, man, you know what? I have a limited amount of time, and it's, it's the best use of my time. All I could tell you and all I could beg of you today is to try God at his word. In Exodus 20 and 8, at the end of it, it's a whole three or four verses that at the end of it, God says the Sabbath day is blessed. 
which means that I actually just think that there is just a blessing on your honoring of the day. I can't tell you how and why. I can't immediately give you the cost-benefit analysis. And yes, you might have more homework waiting on you than when you woke up Saturday morning or whatever. And you know what? Guess what? The things that you were dealing with on Friday night, you might still be dealing with on Sunday afternoon. But I want to know if there's some witnesses in here that those things may be the same. I'm not the same after I come in his presence. There are so many times, even this morning, I come here a hot mess, but I leave something so much different. And I just can't tell you why, because I'm the same person, they're the same issues, but something supernatural is happening when I'm in the community of believers. And sometimes we just got to move by faith. And Sabbath... In the old Puritans, they used to call it the marketplace for your souls. Because the idea was like, hey man, when you were living in them old societies, you would get all your stuff together, all the things that you produce and all the things you've harvested, and, and then you bring it to the market and you trade. And you, you, you come into the urban environment, you get all the stuff you need, so you go back into your rural part. Because you don't make all them trips. This ain't like uh, uh, Amazon where you just dot Walmart and it's delivered. Hey, I need some milk. And they put it, no, it ain't like that. Right, you got to get all you got, go into the town, and you got to get ready to trade all you got so you can get everything you need. How many of y'all know when we come together, we are gathering the things we need to face the ills of what we're walking into? I need this space. I got to be reminded of where my hope is. I got to be reminded that there is all sufficient grace coming to me. I have to be reminded that I have no reason to fear because he's with me and he doesn't forsake people. I got to be reminded he teaches and he instructs and he guides. Somebody say, I need the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day is not just for us now. It's pointing us towards a future moment of permanent rest. I'm going to get you out of here, I know. In Hebrews 4, in the New Testament, they see the Sabbath as this picture of this ultimate salvation of all of God's people. In Hebrews 4, it actually goes back into this account, just reinterpreting the Sabbath and rest. And it kind of begins with this picture of Joshua who was leading God's people. Now he picks up where Moses, is, Moses leaves off. And now he's got to go in and inhabit the land that's been occupied by these enemies, right? And so that, as he does that, they go into the promised land. That will be the place of rest. But then there was a later Psalter that was written, Psalms 95, that actually goes on to say that, hey, the rest in the promised land that Joshua kind of led that group of Israelites into, that that wasn't actually the ultimate fulfillment of Sabbath rest. That there's a Sabbath rest still to come. Essentially, they're still longing. I wonder if I got some people in here who would agree that we're still longing for some ultimate rest. Especially this week, huh? When we come to church and we observe the Sabbath day, we're not ignoring the world. We're going here because we've experienced all of the ills that this world has brought our way and we desperately need relief. That's why we come here. 
So if you think that this is where Christians come to just ignore the reality of all the things that are going on around them, no, this is why we come here. Because we felt all the feels, my brother. We're in here because we got heartache. We're in here because we got questions. We're in here because we're struggling with God's sovereignty. We're in here because we want to believe truly that he can calm the waves. That's why we're here, my guy. Sabbath is not a quick fix. Rich Velotis says that every time we come and we observe the Sabbath, it's a reminder actually that our work is not complete. When we come here, we're not under any illusion. We're not thinking that the things are fixed just because we're here. We know that this is not a quick fix, but Sabbath day is a continual invitation. It's acknowledging, hey, we know this world is broken, but we know you need gas to keep running your race. Keep coming. Nobody's saying that you come to church, it's all of a sudden going to fix your marriage. Nobody's saying that you come to church, all of a sudden you ain't going to have no problems with your kids no more. Nobody's saying you come to church and all of a sudden you're going to get the job you want. That is not the Sabbath promise. The Sabbath promise is come here and you'll get refreshment to keep running your race. That's what your God promises you. And at least to me, the Sabbath principle doesn't lie to us. It doesn't lie to us. You know, one of the things, I, listen, y'all just allow me a moment. I, this, you know, this is really scary. Josh is like, oh, God. But as all Memphians have probably done this past couple of weeks, we all been processing. We probably all been thinking. We're all wondering, man, what's going on? Well, guess what? We all should have been running this experience back through the grid of our faith to see how we make sense of the things that are happening in our world. We all long and hope for things to be better. We all long and hope that we don't have to ever have weeks like the ones we've experienced. But what is the solution? What is the solution, y'all? And I think the hardest thing for me to, to make terms with, but it's just the truth, is that, man, we could... We could put a believer in every classroom in Memphis, but that still would not usher in the Sabbath rest that God has promised us. We we, we could have a counselor in every home from age three to we send people home to be with Jesus, but it still would not usher in the Sabbath rest that God has waiting on us. We could fix every financial despair. We could eliminate all health issues, but it still would not bring in what the Lord has promised us ultimately at his ultimate Sabbath. And that's hard. Because the reality is we will keep bumping up on moments and weeks and months where it's like, man, Is this how it's supposed to be? And rather than run away, I want to encourage you, do not close your eyes. Don't look away. It's as bad as you think it is. It's as horrendous as you think it is. It's as unjust as you think it is. But if you are in Christ Jesus, I want you to know that your Lord knows that too. And he is preparing something for you 
that far exceeds anything you will experience on this side. And that's what we have to hold on to. So as we close it up today, I just want to tell you how much and how thankful I am personally for this space. To cry with you, to hug on you, to love with you, to rejoice with you, to sing God's truth with you, to preach God's word to you. I'll be honest, this is the highlight of my week, every week. And I also just want to say, too, that I'm grateful to have a front row seat just to all the amazing things that God continues to do in your life. All the text messages that I've been praying and I got the results back and I'm all clear. All the phone calls, PT, we're now pregnant. All the, hey, I just asked them to marry. I just want to thank y'all for allowing me to have access to all of that and to experience all those things with you. But my ultimate hope for you really is this, is that commandments seem to have a sting to them. Anytime you deliver an imperative immediately, I think the broken, autonomous part of us, we, we get tight. Are you making me do something? I think that's just kind of, just, in our brokenness, it's just our initial reaction is like. But let me just tell you something about your heart. Your heart is so deceptive. God literally had to make a command for you to get you the things that your heart desperately needs. Hey man. You got to come be in my presence so I can refresh you. I don't want that. But I actually do really want that. Don't let it trick you. I believe that as we navigate this world and all the things that we have to do, listen, our observance of this thing is really under threat from being choked out. But I want to invite some of y'all this year. I don't care what it was, whether it was we moved to 5 o'clock, whether it was COVID, whether it was Travel League baseball. I don't care what it was. You were struggling. I don't know if I like Pastor Tim teaching no more. He always wears hat backwards. I like preachers where they have forwards. I don't care what it was. But I want to invite you by act of faith maybe to recommit to observing the Sabbath day and keeping it holy. It is an act of faith. And guess what? I don't even care if it's this church. You don't got to come to this church. There are so many other faithful churches. But I want you, wherever you are, whether this city or the next city or somewhere else, recommit to making that day central in your life, letting it inform the other six days in your week. And watch what God does. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, if it's true for my friends like it is for me, 
that we're in no position to be forfeiting our Sabbath blessing. We need everything that you said you would offer. We need rest and refreshment. We need to be reminded of who created everything. We need to be reminded of our redemption and what we're free from and who has the power to continue to keep us free from the things of this world. We need to be reminded that you gave yourself for us so that we could find life in you. We need that every day, much less every week. Would you renew our hearts in a way that would put you first? We pray this in Jesus' name.